0: Welcome back to the Successful Diligence podcast. I am so grateful that you are back for another episode. Please do take note that all opinions and recommendations and encouragements that are shared on this podcast are my personal opinion or the opinion of the guests that I have on. It is not to be taken as medical or mental health advice please do consult your medical professional or your mental health professional with any questions or changes that you would like to make regarding your own personal situation. Welcome back to the Successful Diligence podcast. I am so grateful you are back for another episode. I never, ever take it for granted that you come back episode after episode, season after season to listen to the show, to interact with me through social media, through emailing at successfuldiligence.com/contact, and the most fun is when you send voice messages via the link in the show notes, so much fun and I personally answer each and every voice message as well as email, so keep them coming as well as those podcast reviews on the Apple podcast platform so greatly appreciated. Well, today I have a very special guest, another value-added conversation. Her name is Emily Grabatin, and she is a purpose coach who infuses hope into God-sized dreams of mission-hearted authors, entrepreneurs, and leaders. Now, with her grace-filled conversational approach in coaching, writing, and leadership development, she helps individualize recognize who they are and uncover what makes them feel alive and streamline their focus so that they can flourish now through seasons of restlessness burnout and pain who can relate raise your hand even while working in her dream job in ministry the greatest gifts that emily has received have been from individuals who saw potential in her before she even saw it herself. And it brings her great joy to offer that gift to others. And she is also the author of Dare to Decide, which is available on Amazon and by clicking the link in the show notes. Emily, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, it's so good to be here, Michelle. It is so fun to have you. I'm so excited to get into our conversation and chat about all the things. But before we get into it, for my audience who is just getting to know you, tell us a little bit about who you are beyond the bio and how you came to do the work that you do.
1: Yes. Well, I think like many of us, it starts with my own story and my own my own dreams, my own wanderings and figuring that out. and and even my own expectations of myself and missed expectations and and so as I start naming those and defining those and recognizing them and, and help other people helping me along the way uh, some people were helpful and some people maybe not so much and uh, I started just noticing how much I could come alive and flourish my confidence started shining when other people would draw out that best in me and I was like that's what I wanna do for others. And for the longest time actually, um, I didn't know what my dream was. I wasn't a big dreamer, but I was surrounded by big dreamers and I helped them put their you know, feet to their dreams. And I, um, I just coasted on that for a while. I was like, I'll just help other people with their dreams. Until I just sensed, for me, it was, I just sensed God call me out on it and say, you know, I didn't just put you here for other people's dreams. I want you to invest in yours too. And uh, kind of called me out of of hiding in different areas.
0: Yes, he will do that for sure. I am a witness co-sign to that. (laughs) You know what I find really interesting is that you were inspired by other people, right? To become the best version of yourself, which is so interesting to me because there are so many times where we receive from other people and yet we don't make the connection of being inspired to apply or implement from ourselves outward. We just sort of like drink it in and you know, like a sponge, you know, drink it up and, and take it in for all it is. Mm -hmm. How did you make the decision, make the choice, decide, did you decide, did it just happen to actually implement it for yourself?
1: Yeah. You know what? It was a, it was a bunch of tiny little steps. And that was actually one of the questions I went to when I started my book, because I'm thinking, well, my dream was to write a book and, but what do I have to say that hasn't been already set out there? I'm like, I'm not that guru. Like everybody else has figured it out, but it was all these, you know, tidy, clear steps. I'm like, am I the only person whose life isn't like all these leadership principles? I grew up weekly leadership meetings, everything tied up in a nice succinct, you know, three point bow.
0: PowerPoint that goes <laughs> one, two, the three. first.
1: <laughs> And I, and I was like, well, my life isn't like that. So, you know, my defining point, like many of us is my story. If I know anything that's unique, my story. So what do I have to share? And, and I went back and I, I actually made a list of my de- defining moments in my crossroads moments, um, just to look at like, how did I get from, you know, where I was to who I was? And I, and I looked back on one moment. I called it my dare, hence the title of my book, because it was, it was sig- I'm insignificant and small, probably to anyone else, but it felt huge and like scary. And it was this moment I was in a staff meeting surrounded by like pastors and professional speakers and leaders and these innovative types. And I'm sitting there in the back and I'm kind of flat like slouched and, uh, just I think it was like a baseball analogy and I was like "Eh." (laughs) and and all of a sudden you know I'm like I wish I could be like that person you know he believes that you were made for greatness and and he really believes these big wild dreams and they could happen and he goes all in heart and soul and and I'm like the practical like I can poke holes in it all and see where the bridge is running out. And and people don't really like that approach when you're helping them with their dream. Right. And (laughs) I'm like, you know, what about me? Like, uh, you know, and I'm just kind of doing the pity party thing quietly in the background. And I sensed, you know, for me, it was God. I sensed this like voice and it seemed so loud. I actually looked around the room to see if anybody had noticed and it would just said, well, these people believe in you and I believe in you. You're the only one that doesn't believe in yourself and act in it. And I was like, Whoa, I actually felt my face getting red. Because <laughs> I was like, what if somebody heard that? Like, I don't like being po- like pointed out that I'm wrong or there's something that's off. Like I was really uncomfortable with that, which was one of the growth areas I had to work on was how do I not be so terrified of criticism or getting something wrong. And so I was just, that's why I would play it safe. And I wanted to know all the parameters before I tried anything. And so I would even just feel like red faced and like hyperventilate, just the thought of speaking aloud in a a room full of of 15 people, like teammates. So when I, I felt that I was like, oh, I would rather hide behind the excuse that like I didn't make the cut or you know they didn't choose me or you know I wasn't quite skilled enough or educated enough or charismatic enough Um, I did not like being called out that like I was the one holding myself back and I really started pointing out some of some of my own victim mentality and so I made that year to say okay God I I'll say yes to whatever I'm like, whatever invitations or opportunities I see within my context, if the only reason why I'm saying no is because it scares me or freaks me out, I will say yes. Um, cause that in is that context, so
0: interesting, that is, let me, let me interrupt here for yeah. a minute, because there's a couple of things that are striking me as you're talking. Yeah. Number one, it's so interesting to me. And I heard this from someone, I think it was on clubhouse or something where they said, if you're sitting at the table, you already belong. You don't have to justify that you're there. You don't have to prove yourself that you're there. And yet so many of us, especially women, have that experience that you had of like, well, I don't know. Do I really belong here? And then we start comparing and well, I'm not like that person and my outcomes look different and my process is different. And who am I, and am I good enough? All the things, right? And then dealing with that. And what strikes me is almost unbeknownst to you, that little seed of courage inside stood up and said, "All right, well, I'll say it. you're negotiating, right, with someone who's not negotiable, right? Because God, you're gonna do it if you want to, do it if you don't, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but you're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna water this seed of courage and say yes, if blah blah blah, right? And and then you did it. So what yeah. was it? that gave you the strength to water that courage seed to even start the process? Like what, what was it that gave that extra push?
1: Yeah, that that's a great question. When I, when I kind of boil it down um, somewhere, I don't know if it was in that experience, but it was in the similar context. I would have this vision, if you wanna say, this picture of me speaking in front of a, a crowd or an audience maybe more than 100 people definitely a big room and I was like what the heck I'm like I don't have a I'm a writer like I want to hide behind a computer and I like to play in wordsmith and I like the idea of writing I'm like speaking had nothing to do with it but I was surrounded by speakers and teachers and so whether that whatever it was there was this picture of me. And I was like, well, I don't even know what I would say. I can't even say anything without it, like bumbling out or being red faced or talking so fast. Nobody could notice because I was so nervous. (laughs) I, and I was like, what is this? And I just thought, well, if these people believe in me and they, you know, they got to where they were, if I could I I need to increase my capacity so that I could step into something that I'm called to do, whatever it is. It was just that somehow there was that picture that drew me towards it, even though I didn't have any desire to do that. And I thought, I don't have the capacity to do anything like that. So I need to increase my capacity because I need to learn how to think differently. And then I thought, well, I don't even know how to do that. And that's when I I call it, I I borrowed God's belief in me. So I'm like, well, I heard somewhere, you know, the power poses or, you know, not even fake it till you make it. But if I don't, I can only do this if I believe I can. And if I don't believe I can, I need to borrow the belief of someone else who believes I can until I do. That That was was the thinking process.
0: Mm -hmm. That is so good. Borrow the belief until you can believe it yourself. Ooh, yeah. listeners, that was a good one. <laughs> That's what oh, I got shows my own words. <laughs> <laughs> Borrow the belief until you can believe yourself. I love that. You know, what I'm reflecting on as you're sharing, and I want to get into this, this conversation about purpose because it's a buzzword nowadays, find your purpose, live in your purpose, be your purpose, have a purpose-driven life and all the things. And I found for me that the things that I'm called to do, the things that I end up doing, whether I want to or not, generally start out as things I don't want to do. (laughs) It's Mm. sort of like that Bible story where um, I think Jesus asked, who who is the one that obeyed? The one that says, I'm not going to do it, and then ends up doing it anyway, or the one who says, oh, I'll do it, and then ends up not doing it, right? And so I'm usually that first one where I'm like, I don't want to do it, and then I end up doing it anyway, and it's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And purpose has a different meaning for different people. So let me ask you before I share mine, Mm -hmm. what is your, what are your thoughts about purpose?
1: Yeah, well, um, the myth that you, you talk, you know, or not, it's not a myth, but the the whole concept around purpose, the other kind of buzzword that people tie in with that is follow your passion Mm too. And that ties exactly in with what you're saying. Like, the expectation is that we always have to love what we do and that's tied to our purpose and there's there's sparks there but there's also I mean training ground when you're practicing piano you start with scales you start with like stretching your finger mobility and learning you know the the connection with what's on the page or that you know all of those things that you don't just play beautiful music and and love what flows out right off the bat that comes with the like grueling things that you don't want to spend time in. And I, in some ways, when we shine in our purpose, it's because of the things that we've went, we've gone through the things that we've practiced, maybe the dead end job that we gave us skills that we didn't even know that we had, or it shaped our character for what our dream or calling or purpose needed from us. And, and that is so valuable and is so valuable. So bottom line, purpose is an intention you, or goal that you set your, your mind for, your life, your will, your intention, like bottom line, even the dictionary would just say purpose, like I purpose to do this, or I will do this. Um, and then there's the, well, this was created for a purpose. And so, you know, a hammer functions best in its purpose to hammer nails, but it also, you know, hammers tent pegs and it, you know, it can do a few other things, but it thrives best in that, that space. And so sometimes we get so stuck on like, well, what is this purpose? But we don't find out until we're trying different things and see, well, what do I have the capacity for? And uh, for What me, am I
0: willing to pay the price for as well? Like you said, that training yeah. that is required for skill development. And I don't care if you're gifted in something, like I, you can be gifted as a writer, you still have to practice writing. <laughs> you yeah. know, you still have to learn how the language that you're writing in works and punctuation and metaphors and all the things. Yeah. Um, and so the like you said, the practice matters, strategy comes in there. And I think you mentioned something also, maybe subtly, that sometimes the preparation is to develop the character to become the person you need to be. So when you do get to your destination, number one, you can can stay there because you've earned it and you Mm -hmm. are the person that needs to be who you are at that place and time for that specific assignment. And then also understanding more about yourself on the process as well, so that you can function as you're supposed to function and not be misused. So if you're a hammer hanging up pictures or, you know, hammering the nails versus, you know, striking down, I don't know, a tree, which is not what the purpose of a hammer is. Yeah. I absolutely love that. I love that. Yeah. When I think of purpose, I think of The meaning that we extract from our experiences and Mm -hmm. giving that definition and using it to implement all that we've been given from God to demonstrate that in the earth so that when we die, we're empty and we've given all that we were supposed to. For me, that's purpose. And it's so interesting, the different ideas about purpose, and Mm -hmm. yet we all sort of get to the same place. (laughs)
1: That And that is, yeah, that's exactly it. It's meandering paths. I think uh, we can get obsessed about certainty. I know I was, I had security and certainty. That was my confirmation. I based my confidence on certainty. I want to know like, well, if I pour this time in, what is my payoff going to be? Like if I'm going to practice piano, is it? I'm going to practice enough that I'm going to make it to this, you know, status. Otherwise, it's not worth it. And that's—is there a guarantee? Backwards, <laughs> yeah. It's backwards. So I look at my life as a, a young adult, and I was kind of vaguely seeking my purpose, but I was looking at it from this standpoint of, well, what do, what am I meant to do with my life? So what you know, and that translated to, well, what is the career, i.e., you know, example, what is the the college or university that I'm going to invest in and commit in? What's the payoff? And I'm looking at what I'm doing, but because I was still figuring out who I am and what am how am I wired and what gifts and skills do I want to invest in? I didn't have all the information to have that certainty that came with saying yes to opportunities that came and connections. And um, I think where we, I love what you said, you know, we, we attach meaning to purpose. And I think that's absolutely part of it. The challenge comes when we're seeking a certain meaning, the meaning, and often we put a meaning onto something. And we don't realize there's other options for meanings we could put to it, right? Like, oh, this didn't work out. So maybe I was never meant to do that. Um, Or maybe you follow the, the, you know, the cliches like, well, if the door is meant to open, it will open. And I didn't realize, yeah, like, you know, life's path should just open doors for me until I heard someone say, well, a door doesn't open until you open it. And then <laughs> someone else said, you know, well, sometimes you just have to kick down the door. And I'm like, what? <laughs> we we or don't create know. a door
0: where there is no door.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, let's just cut a hole in the wall and make a door here. And I don't, you know, I don't necessarily think that way until some you bump against someone else's meaning they've attached to it. And you're like, oh, well, I never thought about that. And so I think that's where we can sometimes get stuck in, you know, quote, finding our purpose we're living our purpose because we're so we're kind of stuck in the meaning that we've attributed to an experience when we could exchange it for another meeting that actually opens more doors for us so more understanding more or sees we recognize more opportunities in it
0: that's so true because even like with sorrow or those unplanned things that happen or things that we don't like that happen or yeah. consequences that we have to deal with because of behaviors that we you know, choose to engage in, there's still meaning and purpose in it. And who's to say that wasn't supposed to happen to create the person that you are. But I, I, I love what you're saying about, you don't know what you don't know until someone else introduces you to mm-hmm. something you don't know that you don't know. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Right. And that's where I think community comes in. And, you know, if you're an introvert and you're, you know, one of those people who prefers less human interaction, human interaction than others, there can be some opportunity for growth to bring people into community. I'm not saying go out and go be the life of the party, but at least have people in your life that think differently differently that have knowledge that you don't have, you know, what's the saying, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, (laughs) you know, you want to be surrounded in a place that you are uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. that's what helps you to grow. Sometimes then you can get comfortable. It's called the Peter principle. I don't know if you've heard of it, um, where you Mm -hmm. are competent. And then in order to grow, you have to become incompetent practice to mastery, to become competent. And that's when, you know, it's time to grow again. Um, yeah. and I think that's so, that's so picturesque of the life mm-hmm. journey that we all live too. And I think, um, especially when I was heading
1: into my coach training, uh, one of the skills, or I guess the postures to maximize your uncomfortable situations, um, or just listening and gathering information is curiosity, and I, I, I never knew the power of curiosity until I started, you know, practicing that in, in not just coaching, but realizing, yeah, in any learning situation, in an uncomfortable situation, I, I could tend to be, especially in my early years, be pretty closed thinker, very like black and white. And really life's trials like, you know, um, failed marriage, divorce, just life feeling like it turned upside down wrecked my nice meat box and <laughs> and the way that I had to move through it was um openness and listening and being okay with saying this is me as I am right now I'm not you know nice and tidy and and perfect flaws and, and all <laughs> yeah and actually seeing my me in a sense step out into a sense of purpose or flourish in the midst of pain and brokenness and and then you know on one side of it and then the other side being curious to say well how did other people get to where they are because you know my plan didn't work so there's got to be another way about this that and that's what would give me hope curiosity and the listening and and gathering to say okay well how else can I become and what can I how can I make, if this is going to be screwed up, how can it make the most of something beautiful from it?
0: If this is not working, what else can? I love that curiosity yeah. and also asking new questions and listeners, you know, we yeah. talk about that all the time. Asking those new questions opens up those new neural pathways to allow your brain to get into that growth mindset. Something you said struck me and I want to unpack it a little bit while we have time. You said flourishing in the brokenness talk hmm. to me about that. How do we do that when we're broken, when we are feeling damaged, when mm-hmm. things break down and our nice, pretty box just crumples before our, our little eyes and the tears are flowing, how do we flourish in brokenness? Yeah,
1: it, it's a tough one. So for me, that, that moment was, uh, it started the day that I came home from my lunch break and my husband at the time, I was about 26, three years into marriage and it, you know, it was rough. Anyway, I come home, like we need to talk and conversation turns out, well, I don't love you. I didn't even, I never loved you. And I I'm done with this. Oh, wow. Uh, So not the lunch break question, like conversation (laughs) I was expecting to have. So I'm, you know, shocked. I'm like, uh, nobody prepared me for this moment. I was good Christian girl, like did all the things I was on staff at a church. I'm like a million things going through my mind. Like, do I lose my job now? Like, what do people think? Did I, where did I go wrong? Like all kinds of things are just screaming in my mind plus shock. And so you know, he leaves a few days later. So I, I can't fix it. You know, I want to fix it and smooth it over. I got to work on this. And all of that was taken away. All I had was myself. And, you know, I, I'd also come from another, um, by that time I'd recognized it as a rescuing relationship. And so I was like, all right, I've made some poor relationship choices here. And I don't, like I got the rest of my life. I'm like, I do not want to be the person that keeps repeating the same mistakes in life over and over. So I'm definitely going to learn like what screwed up here. How do I move it? So I can become someone, you know, for one uh, who attracts better people in my life. So what that meant for someone who is like a perfectionist back then and a people pleaser and just scared of being wrong or perceived wrong or, or anything like that, I had to lean into the pain. That's what I called it. Instead of numbing, instead of escaping, I just, I read like tons. Um, It was my survival because my mind and emotions didn't know what to do, that everything was extreme. And so I just, I read and read and read books and looked at myself and journaled and, and just listened to a lot. And um, so that was the first thing. I leaned to the pain instead of numbing and escaping, asked myself hard questions. And then I, for me, uh, I just I I joined a group to help it was a bunch of like late 20s, 30s somethings, kind of Bible study, lots of singles. They needed a place to belong. And it was a bit of a different crowd than I normally would hang out with. And I just, I was non-committal. I was like, I don't think I have the energy, but yeah, I'll help you. You know, this guy start out this group and it, they met weekly and it ended up being a year later. I look back and he's laughing at me. Cause he's like, you said, you're going to start, but you didn't miss a single week for a year. And, <laughs> and through these, I realized there's people that are way worse off than me. Like, yeah, my marriage is a part, like I'm, I'm, you know, kind of in that not married. Not like, but not divorced stage that I didn't know what to do with, and and um. But there was people like they were repeating the same relationship patterns. They were like hung up on different things, and I was just listening and open. But I was myself. I wasn't trying to be the guru in the room. I wasn't trying to be the leader. Um, but yet, that's what they started looking at me as. And what for me, the the flourishing and purpose became when I was a per- became happened when I became a person of grace instead of, uh, being tied to, you know, well, everything has to be just so follow all of these things and life turns out, you know, that was all wrecked for me. So I felt like I didn't have much to lose. And, and then I was like, the grace helped me be a person of curiosity and listen and just come alongside others. And for me, that was a lot of who I needed to be to carry out my sense of purpose. That's where it started for me.
0: I love that. There's so much gold in what you just said. Listeners, I'm wondering if you picked up what I did, leaning into the pain, not running away from it, but leaning in, getting curious about it. And it sounds like you were seeking out information, knowledge, perspective, By reading, which is a great way to get other people's knowledge if you don't have people around you to talk to, right, is you can read a book because that is the author's thoughts and personality and their spirit on paper, and you can read it and get what they have inside of them, and that's another way to get another perspective and knowledge that you don't know that you don't know, and then you also have the courage to reach out for community and interaction. And grace, and and I don't know what the word grace means for you, but in this case, for me, what I'm hearing is the permission to just be and not have to do allowed who you are to naturally just spring up into this beautiful flower of a leader that others saw in you. And you Mm -hmm. just naturally became the best version of yourself for that season, which is so incredible. I absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. Oh, such gold. Listeners, that's something you need to rewind. That's that was just such gold in there, Emily.
1: (laughs) I know. I packed it in there.
0: (laughs) So good, so good. And you know, I'm a fellow recovering people pleaser. I could never be a perfectionist because I never got it right. I am perfectly imperfect Mm -hmm. all my life, but finally had the grace the permission to forgive myself for not being perfect, to allow myself to be unapologetically flawed. And that's just what it is. (laughs) And as you show up as who you are, you're exactly who you need to be for that season, for yourself and for others. And I just love that. I love that. So talk to me a little bit in the time we have left about your book and what is it? um, What is it called? And why did you write it? And where can people find it?
1: Yeah, so uh, it is called Dare to Decide, Discovering Peace, Clarity, and Courage at Life's Crossroads. And really, it's packed in with pieces of my story, some of what I shared here, and also um, pathways along the way embedded with just really practical and thought-provoking, apparently I make people think, uh, so (laughs) You really love deep thinking and processing. This book's for you. Otherwise, it's gonna it's gonna take you a little while to chew on it. But I've it's just saturated with other people's stories, mine, and practical tips to move you through what the heck am I doing with my life? What do I even want? And how do I get there without the nice tidy steps one, two, three? Really gives you the pathway, you know, the questions to think about. The new question, lots of questions to think about. And um, and so, yeah, that's my heart and soul in that book for, for people like us who are just trying to <laughs> find their way, whether it's leaning into the pain, whether it's just trying to figure out like, where am I right now? And how did I get to where I am? And how do I move on from here? So that's the book. You can find it at daretodecide.ca. Um, you can download a free chapter to see if that it, it is for you. Um, and yeah, where
0: where else? I love it. I love it. And links will be in the show notes, of course, listeners. But I love that you put courage in there because it really takes a lot of people. Don't I don't think, in my opinion, that people give ourselves, and I include myself in this. I don't think we give ourselves enough credit for the courage that it takes sometimes to just get out of bed in the morning and keep going, <laughs> especially in those times of brokenness and in those times of despair. And I think that your approach of, it doesn't have to be the way everybody else says it has to be. You can find your way, your path, your journey and provoking people to think and ask those questions. I just, I love that approach. I love it. And be proud of your story too. Like when you can find your own way
1: and own like, no, this is my story, not somebody else's. There is really something to that. Because nobody else
0: has it. You're the only one with your story. So I love that. I love that. Well, Emily, we are at our time, but if you were going to think about one or two things that you really want to highlight from our conversation that you really want the audience to walk away with remembering from what we've chatted about today, what would those be?
1: Two things. I think be curious because those are going to open up the questions. Uh, And how did other people get to where they are Or how do you get to where you are? Or even what do I want right now? And uh, two is lean into your pain. It's so easy to turn on Netflix or just play another podcast or um, just do the things. For me, it can be cleaning and just to numb and distract from the uncomfortable, Uh, but our growth and Our aha moments often come when we can sit with the pain or the discomfort or our own awkwardness and, and see the answers that come from that
0: or the questions that we can pursue that start a journey. I love it. I love it. And then give yourself credit and celebratory little pats on the back for living through the pain because sometimes yeah. that in and of itself is an accomplishment. I love that. Yeah. Oh, Emily. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Last question before we go. And I ask all of my guests, this gratitude, has it played a part in your journey? And if so, how?
1: Absolutely. I think earlier I mentioned, I can be the one that could poke holes in a big dreamers plans or see the things that are going to fall apart. And it, it, it really was a discipline to find the things to be grateful for. And uh, when you practice that in life's worst moments or the restless moments um, or the challenging moments, then it starts becoming the habit to go through to say, Oh, if I went through that, you know, I can find gratitude in here. And so uh, gratitude is a huge, has been a huge discipline or practice that, uh, totally shapes the possibilities and the belief in myself and now belief that I have in others as well.
0: I love that. I love it. So if people are resonating and they're like, I need more of her, where can they connect with you? How can they contact you? Where can they find you?
1: Yeah, I probably hang out on Instagram the most these days. I uh, that's, um, Emily Grabatten, you probably find it in the show notes as well as I do have a Facebook group uh, the dare club experience. And so, um, that you can find out at, uh, probably the East way to find it is emilyverbatten.ca forward slash dare club.
0: I love it. And get that free chapter listeners. Um, yes. link will be in the show notes as well. Emily, thank you so much for making time to come on the show and to share your journey, your thoughts, your wisdom, This has been a really meaningful conversation for me. I know I got a lot from it. Listeners, I know you did too. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on.
1: It's been a blast, Michelle. I love our conversation. Thanks for having me.
0: And listeners, as I always say, keep walking. Always, always keep walking. Never stop walking. Because if you continue to walk, you will reach your destiny. You will reach your destination. You will become the person that you are supposed to be in the season that you were supposed to be it. And on the journey, I always encourage you to always, always choose gratitude. As you know, Every single episode, I end with my encouragement for you to choose gratitude on your journey as you keep walking. But if you ever asked yourself, that's great, Michelle, but how do I do that? How do I implement gratitude? How do I choose gratitude? It's not easy living this life. And sometimes I don't feel very grateful. How do I incorporate gratitude into my daily life? Well, I've got you covered. Just for you, I have a Gateway to Gratitude mini course in the Successful Diligence School. There is a link in the show notes as well as a coupon code just for podcast listeners where you get 50% off. So head to the link in the show notes or SuccessfulDiligence.com and click the school tab on the website. It will take you to the school and you can see the Gateway to Gratitude course, which walks you through how to implement gratitude into your daily life. Trust me, gratitude and gratefulness when implemented effectively will change your life.